Hi friend, do you want to experience more energy, vitality, and flow in your life? Well, be sure to go to findyourflow.com forward slash shop and check out the supplement section. We have all of your favorites back in stock. Vegan Vitality and Vegan Powder Protein are two of the favorites that go very quickly. So if you're into protein and vitality, be sure to check those out. And now on with the show. Hello and welcome to the Find Your Flow radio show podcast. I'm your host, Winston Wittis, and I'm here today with a very special episode. Today's episode is about leveling up. Level up. Yeah, what does that mean? It's kind of kind of like a quantum leap. It's similar. I did a quantum leap episode recently, and it does tie in with that, I would say. Leveling up is... Moving up where all of a sudden it's like a it's like a shift, right? And uh, to the point where things become easier or better or faster or stronger or some in some significant way you've made progress, right? So for me, I'll give you some examples of uh, level ups I've had recently. The phone that I have, I held off on getting a new phone forever because that's how I roll. And I finally got a new one. Why? Because my old one was just constantly running out of space. And I've been wanting to podcast and been wanting to do video and all these cool things. And my phone couldn't keep up. So I was carrying around all these contraptions. And I would try to save money. So I bought this voice recorder, tried to podcast. And then that didn't work because they got what I paid for. And that went on for a year and a half of no podcasting. And maybe even longer. I don't remember. It was forever. And finally, got the got the new phone, got a good microphone. Boom, been crushing podcasts. Also started recording video of training at Gracie La Mesa, where I trained Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And it has been really neat. I've only pulled it off once so far, but I plan to make that a fairly consistent thing, where I'll be able to get footage of us just training, rolling. And that's one of my flow activities and uh, sharing it on the YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash findyourflowvideos. Or you could go to findyourflow.tv, and that'll get you there as well. So you can watch those videos. There, You know, if you don't train jiu-jitsu, it's probably not the most super exciting thing because there's a lot of detail and, you know, things that... It's like with anything. If you don't... If you're not that deep into it on the surface, it may or may not be super cool, but the deeper you dig, the, the cooler it gets, right? You start to notice things, nuance and details and whatnot. So, but the point being, that's been a big level up. It really has allowed me to up my content creation game in a very flowing way. Why? Because I've been able to fill in some gaps of productivity. So this commute that I'm making right now to the office is time that I was sitting in traffic being frustrated and listening to whatever default radio I could find that wasn't too annoying and I'd end up basically listening to the same 10 to 15 songs every single morning and most of them really you know they're cool and they're catchy but the message for the most part I'm not really into you know but because it's catchy and on I was listening to it and I it, you know that affects me, it affects all of us at some level, whatever, if we're being repeatedly 
hit with this thing, you know, and especially if we're grooving along with it and uh, synchronizing at some level, then then that's what's happening. And so, so this level up concept has uh, hit me today and yesterday because um, I have been doing some podcasts around uh, the co-living concept. Not that I'm an expert at all, but one of my friends is. And she's doing some really cool things. And so I was podcasting, kind of uh, just talking about the book of hers. I've been reading the co-living code. And what was neat was before she, so she's got a master class. And before I listened or watched the master class, I recorded yesterday a podcast about love. Totally out of the blue. Totally out of the blue for me. Not something I was like, hey, I'm such a loving person and spread love. Although I kind of am, I guess, but not not vocally, I guess. But it just hit me yesterday. I was like, that's what I want to do. And so I did, I recorded a podcast about love and finding love and, you know, some background about how I found love with Elena and magic and blah, blah, blah. And then I watched this master class yesterday that my friend put together about co-living. And co-living is this idea of choosing housemates that are very like-minded. So in particular, she's focusing on, you know, uh, well, she doesn't focus just on that. But for her, she does actually entrepreneurs, business owners, entrepreneurs that want to live together and grow together and be awesome together and that's and have a concierge and a cook and somebody wash their cars and clean their clothes and it's really awesome it's really awesome so that way they could just focus on having fun and growing their businesses and living life and so she's got this thing dialed in but anyway the point being i was watching the master class that she did and she says hey what do you think that you know because she's got all these people applying to be in these houses she's putting together and she said, what do you think the top three things are that these entrepreneurs have as goals this year? And one of the things was finding love. And she was shocked, and I was shocked too. And what a coincidence. That's what I was just talking about, how to find love. And of course, yeah, of course nothing. I don't know. That's uh, I thought it was out of left field, but then it turned out, oh, what a coincidence. And I started thinking, wow. you know. And then there was another coincidence um, around it. I, I can't quite recall. But I asked my friend Christine, I was like, hey, you know, I'm really excited about what you're doing. I'd like to be involved. How can I how can I work with you? How can I be involved with this? And, uh, you know, I said, hey, can I get you to be a, can I interview you for the podcast? And so um, she said, yeah, that, that's awesome. So I'm going to get her on the podcast. Really excited about that because what she's doing is really huge for social flow. It's putting, it's creating more harmony in living spaces for people and giving people the opportunity to support each other and share resources and save money and live in a more amazing and harmonious life at the same time, which is social flow, all big time social flow. And so I'm excited to help get the word out about that and what she's doing in this amazing system she's put together and app and I, I don't think the app's done yet, but it's in production. A lot of really exciting, cool things. So I'm going to hopefully have her on. And if I do, when I get her on the, uh, get her interviewed, I may play that episode before this one. So I don't know if the timing will sound weird, but I usually 
do these podcasts and release these podcasts once a week right now. And so that is the current tempo. I may add hers in the middle of the week or I may just uh, put it before a bunch of these other episodes because I'm really excited about promoting it and getting it out there. So that's that. So leveling up, I was thinking about it this morning in terms of music and frequency. So I am a, I was a music major, graduated with a degree in music from UC Berkeley, and I had the really magnificent opportunity to learn a lot about sound and music and frequency and harmony. And when you start looking at music and sound in a frequency and mathematical relationship type of perspective, you see harmony that we listen to in music. There are ratios. There are fractions. There is, um, so I'll give you a for instance. So the sound, when you have a sound, and let's say we, we pluck a guitar string, and it's E, the letter uh, E as in elephant. It's the tone E or the pitch E. And that string is going to bounce back and forth, or not bounce, but it's going to wave back and forth, I guess, move back and forth. And that, the frequency, how often it does it within a certain period of time, a cycle, is called a hertz. It, it's hertz, right? If it's how many thousands of times per second. And um, when you pluck that guitar string, that uh, the main tone, the pitch that it is playing is called, we call it the fundamental, the fundamental tone. And then if I were to play another tone along with it that is in its harmonic overtone series, there are these parcels that go up into higher frequencies that are kind of related to that fundamental sound. Okay, and I'm not going to be able to give you specific numbers or data for, I know some of you are detail-oriented and would like me to do that. I'm driving, so I'm, and I don't prepare this stuff that well in advance. I'm sorry. But you'll have to roll with me. So, and, you know, if you're awesome like that, you can look it up and even share it to me, and I'll be happy to post it because that would be awesome. So, and if you're into that kind of stuff and you know any about <laughs> what I'm talking about, uh, I am looking for people to add awesome content to the site. So uh, hit me up, info at finderflow.com. All right. So you got this frequency, you got the, the fundamental tone, E, right? Now, if we keep that tone playing, then we can harmonize with it. We can play tones that sound good with it. And we could play tones that, quote, sound, you know, not good, dissonance or consonance. Consonance means it sounds good together, they are harmonious. And then dissonance means they do not sound good together, they are not harmonious. And uh, some people would say, well, those dissonance actually sound good to me. So it is subjective. So it's it's a subjective term. But uh, there are certain ones that are considered by, you know, just for purposes of um, language and being able to communicate about the music, about the sound. We have, we have language, right? So when we have this fundamental frequency, we have harmonics. And... Harmonics are, for most of us, not something we're really consciously aware of when we're listening to a sound. However, these harmonics change the tone and the timbre of the note, of that sound. So 
you could play an E on a guitar, and then you could play an E, the same frequency, on a piano or on a saxophone or on a trumpet, and most of us would be able to hear that each of those sounds different. Well, how can we tell? How can we tell? It's the same frequency, it's the same sound. Well, it's the same frequency, but because different harmonics are going to be emphasized differently on these different instruments, we get a different timbre. And timbre is um, a word that means, oh, it's been so long. Uh, it's kind of like tone color, basically, texture, right? The sound texture, in a sense. So we can hear, oh, that's a guitar. Oh, that's a trumpet. Oh, that's a flute. That's a piano. Because of the timbre, of which overtones and harmonics are being most emphasized by that instrument. So when we want to harmonize with something, so um, in music, there is, we've got, in Western music, I'm going to be, that's my point of reference here, friend, uh, Western music. So we have a major scale. It's probably the most common scale that we use. Major and minor scales are the most common we use here in the West and in uh, many parts of the world. And so it might go something like this. Do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti, do, do, ti, so, fa, do, ti, la, so, fa, mi, re, do. That would be a major scale. And so if I wanted to go up to the major third, it would go do, re, mi, do, mi, do, mi, do. That's a major third. So a lot of major chords have that harmonic relationship and then uh, they also have the fifth so do re mi fa so do so that's the perfect fifth fifth third do so that's basically what we call a triad three notes that outline a major chord now the relationship between do which is going to be my fundamental in this example and uh the third, there's a, a mathematical relationship. I believe it's three to two, three over two. Don't quote me on that, but um, going from memory from you know back in the day, that's the relationship. Then there's the perfect fifth, five one. Maybe that's the three to two. It's been a long while, friends, but basically there's these ratios. And what's magical about these ratios is that we're talking about cycles, right? Time cycles, and we can see wavelengths. And frequencies, right? How many times does this full wavelength happen in this measured period of time? And these two measurements coincide, and that's where we get this actual physical experience that most of us don't recognize as physical because we're hearing it as sound. And uh, yet it is physical because it is physically um, affecting the air molecules. Those air molecules move up and down and in and out um, and move the tamponic membrane in our ear, uh, which, you know, moves these, the fluid, and, em, not embryonic fluid, that is certainly not the one, uh, but there's a fluid in our ears, and then it moves the hairs that create this static shock electricity almost, uh, depending on the frequency, how far into the ear it goes, the cochlear, something or other, and then the uh, little sparks send off notes to our brains that our brain, or you know, electrical currencies that our brain interprets the sound. And that's kind of how we hear. So it gets converted from this physical movement of the sound of the air molecules. And then we interpret, get off my butt, friend. Move back. Jeez Louise. Wake up. Sorry, driving. Driving safely, I might add. Hands free, legally. 
as I do this podcast. And please use your blinkers. That's my public service announcement on the blog, on the podcast here. And so we have this these uh, mathematical relationships, frequencies, okay, ratios. Now, what happens that's very interesting in music is there is this um, antecedent consequence concept, this uh, question and then answer, okay? This moving away from, this creating of tension, and then the returning and the release of the tension. And all this is happening for most of us very unconsciously. That music has the ability to affect us at a very deep level, right? And on many levels. And there's an actual physiology to it as well that, um, you know, isn't often considered. And so when we are talking about leveling up in life, in quantum leaps, there, in my experience, in my opinion, there is a, a correlation there. Because in music, there's a certain point where uh, if there's a peak experience, it's the moment where the music is the, the highest in the peak and it's like, yeah, the most highest level of energy and the release and the part where everybody throws their hands in the air. Uh, in some of these cases, the, there's a note that is actually hitting the octave of the fundamental. So the fundamental in the, in most music too is actually the key that the song is in. So in our early example, and I was not singing the correct pitch of E, I'm sure. Um, I just threw a pitch out there when I was singing earlier. So for those of you with the perfect pitch, I greatly apologize that, you know, probably wasn't anywhere close. I'm just winging it, okay? Um, relative pitch, right? And so when we have these peak moments in music, very often we've got this journey of the melody that is going through these chord changes and creating tension and creating release and creating a story. And at sometimes when it hits that top note, that note is the octave, meaning it is the same note as the fundamental, the home note, but it is now exactly doubled. It is exactly twice the frequency of the note of the fundamental. So this is a level up in life. It's the part where our we get tingly over our body. The hair on our neck stands up. It feels amazing. We feel like, oh my gosh, it, yeah, we throw our hands up in the air, right? This is the moment of celebration. This is the moment of release. This is the moment we have been waiting for. And this can happen in life too. And at that point then, this new higher frequency, this higher level of, of vibration becomes the norm at a certain point. That's the quantum, quantum leap because we have now doubled our vibration. And this happens, again, I believe, at a very physiological level that we're not always really aware of or believe or acknowledge because it's not, you know, it's not a, uh, a widespread or mainstream concept. And may not even be completely accurate, let's face it, right? I'm just kind of throwing this stuff out there. But this is what I truly believe and what I experience. And one thing that for me is very fascinating about sound and music and why I love it is because of these experiences it gives us. And because, you know, it, it's like literally it's harmony. And if we can use this same kind of concept to level up in our own lives and experience quantum leaps, then that is something that I am wanting to explore further and be able to encourage other people to and be able to create music and sound that actually help you as well as myself to experience more of these quantum leaps and level ups. So that's the big 
idea today and uh, the level up is there's some neat meditations meditations go along with this as well um, it, you know chakras and all this also in, involve energy and it's maybe not sound energy but it, it might be the sound of the universe and although our our ears may not be tuned to those frequencies our inner ear or our mind's ear uh, can be I believe and when we can tune into that then we can vibrate at these different frequencies and even physiologically if you're singing you are literally vibrating your vocal cords are vibrating if you're singing a certain pitch um, la or do do that's the octave do same pitch but different frequencies this one is vibrating at let's say the frequency of one although that's totally not accurate but just for easy math and then this one is vibrating at two so it's a two to one ratio and while i'm singing them both independently you can't hear the harmony but if we were to play these over the top of each other there would be a very um you would experience it in a in a neat way and if i had built up the tension correctly and released it correctly and all these things there would be a moment of ah yeah yeah you know like celebration at that moment and that same thing is, uh, you know, we can kind of bring about in our lives using music, listening to music. Our favorite songs probably include elements of this that we're not even aware of. So that's what I want to share with you today, leveling up, using sound as a concept for being able to level up, using music to be able to level up, right? Playlists of your favorite songs, the ones that get you fired up. Or if you're ready to calm down and chill out, obviously you can do that uh, through music as well, right? So there you go, friends. I hope you enjoyed that and you can see how you can start to hear your way and feel your way into the next level for you. What might that look like if you look like if you can start to become sensitive of those vibrations, the feelings that you get when you're near it or around it or hearing it or you know when people are talking, is that vibration um, you know, moving you closer to that next level up or is it you know chilling you out? Is it bringing you down? Okay, words have vibrations, thoughts have vibrations. Are they higher level vibrations, higher frequencies? I feel like that's what I've been doing lately is tapping into higher frequencies. That's what brought this level up about. How do I know that? Because I started having coincidences with a friend who's a very high producer. You know, she gets a ton done. She's donated lots and lots of money to awesome charities. Richard Branson, she had breakfast with, so Richard Branson. And, um, yeah, doing amazing things. And the fact that I've been having these coincidences related around what she's doing tells me, hey, you know, I'm I'm leveling up. This is awesome. I want to focus more on that. I want to bring more of this into my own experience. And I'm doing that by sharing that with you. And that will hopefully allow you to start to focus on the opportunities you have to level up. The people around you level them up. And we all level up together. That's the big up spread. That's the flow. That is the social flow. So keep flowing. Keep leveling up. And until next time, be flowing. Hello and welcome to the Find Your Flow radio show podcast. I am your host, Winston Wittes, and I am here today with a very special episode. Today's episode is about overcoming challenges, overcoming obstacles. It is about the art of turning obstacles into stepping stones, into opportunities, 
to move up, to level up, to progress in life. And I did a recent episode about leveling up, so check that one out. This is along the same lines, but it is a little bit more geared toward obstacles and what we perceive as obstacles and how we overcome them. And so there's a lot of neat opportunities for most of us in our lives to overcome obstacles because obstacles are part of life, right? And they're challenging and sometimes they're super challenging and sometimes they're super frustrating. And if they're super frustrating, you know, that's, it is what it is, right? It is what it is. Whatever power we give them, those obstacles, they will take. If we give them all of our time and energy and, you know, we're not in a resourceful state, those obstacles might become bigger or worse. If we're focusing on the parts that we have no control over or on the problem or on the, instead of the solution, that could be a plateau or a sticking point for us, right? We might not be able to progress past that. So when we talk about this art of turning obstacles into stepping stones, then we can start to see these as opportunities. And that little mind shift can be the difference that makes the difference. So it's easier said than done for most of us. And because that's, you know, when we're in it, when we're in the challenge, when the obstacle is right in front of us and we can't see our way around it, sometimes we may not know whether or not we'll be able to make it around it, right? If it's a significant challenge, it might be, it might change our whole lives. It might change our whole lives. These things happen, right? When we least expect it. And those things in in the in the time that we're going through it can be very, very challenging. And so they can be defining of our lives, right? The way we handle that situation. Do we let that situation bring us down and beat us up and keep us down? Or do we use that as a learning opportunity? Do we use it as a way to grow and reach out for help and learn a better way? Or do we just keep working diligently to push through it? There's a book I referred to, I did an episode on it uh, not too long ago about the shortness of life. And the book, the title immediately caught my attention, The Shortness of Life, especially, yeah, it was just a very timely title for me to see because that was something I've really been kind of struggling with, not my own demise so much, like, you know, but um, just how quick it was all going by. Like, I felt like I was just, it was just slipping through my fingers and I'm trying to, I was trying to keep up and I was failing at every possible turn and it was just really wearing on me, this like quickness of it all. It's like slow life down, slow it down. I want to enjoy it. I want to be in the moment and not feel like I'm missing out and just wasting it and, uh, you know, doing trivial things and not that I do trivial things even but it's just like goodness so fast and getting faster right the older I get the more relative time seems to go by quicker I have more experience of time and so it becomes shorter and shorter and so the shortness of life 
spoke to me. And uh, I read it, and it, he made some really good points by Lucius Seneca, a um, Stoic philosopher. And he talks about, no, actually, this is a different book. Man, I read a few books at a time sometimes, and uh, the patterns that, and then I get them confused, which one said what. Um, it's a different book, Good to Great. Yeah, it's good to great. And uh, that book is about businesses that have gone from being good businesses to being great businesses, even compared with other businesses that were nearly identical at the same time, going through the same shifts in the market and these things. What did the company that stayed good do that the good to great company, you know, improved on or stopped doing or whatever? Excuse me. Sorry about that. And so... That's what this book was about. And he was interviewing somebody who had been a prisoner of war and was, you know, in a horrible, horrible situation, unimaginable, horrible situation with uh, some of his fellow troops. And the highest ranking fellow, you know, he's interviewing him and he said, you know, he's asking him questions like, hey, what's you know, how did you survive this? What were you thinking? What'd you do? And, uh, you know, he's sharing these insights into his behavior, into his mindset that allowed him to persevere for years, you know, and severe torture. And he had this mindset that uh, one thing he said was you have to look at the reality and face reality, even if it sucks, even if it's a horrible, harsh, gloom, you know, doom and gloom reality to have an objective, realistic, face it, face the facts kind of mindset. That was the first part. Okay. Second part was, and then just know that you're going to make it through it. So this faith, this unwavering faith that you're going to make it, even though this situation is, you know, pretty horrible. Okay. So that's being in the thick of it, right? He's in the thick of it. He really doesn't know if he's going to make it out or not, but he does know. Inside, he knows he's going to make it no matter how long, no matter what, he's going to make it out, even though he's not delusional about it. This could take forever. It could take a long, long time. And it's going to be horrible. He wasn't He wasn't sugarcoating it for himself. Okay, And so he survived. And uh, the interviewer is saying, okay, you know, and he's thinking about it. And he's like, well, you know what? Who Who did not make it out of their lives? And the guy says, the optimist. He's like, what? The optimist? He's like, yeah. The optimist believed, like, hey, we're going to be out of here by Christmas. And Christmas would come and Christmas would go and they'd still be there. They said, well, and then they'd say, well, we're going to be out by Easter. Easter would come and go, still be in there. We're going to be out by Thanksgiving. We're going to be out by Christmas. We're going to be out. And, you know, they would do this. He said they would die of a broken heart. And that's a pretty interesting thing just you know a really interesting perspective and uh so what does that mean for us that means that in the moment you know optimism can be helpful you know to in certain situations and you know be positive and our mindset positive mind shift mind shift and mindset and all this and yet sometimes life is not cooperating with us right sometimes life throws us curveballs there's a hurricane that's battering the east coast right now as i'm sitting here doing this podcast enjoying my 
car and safety and putting along to work, people are having a horrible time over there. What am I, what can I do about it? I can send money. I can, you know, I'm not going to drive over there and I, I don't even know, you know, they have people that do things out there that are, that know what they're doing, hopefully. And we have systems in place, hopefully that can help these people and, you know, can raise money and send money and do good and try to help. Um, but this, this whole thing of the challenge and the mindset while in the moment of the challenge where it's like, that's a horrible, harsh reality to be dealing with that the, some of these folks probably a, a good amount are going to see their neighborhoods torn up and their houses torn up. And that's super, you know, I can't imagine how hard that would be. Right. And so to, to be able to face that and be able to make decisions with that reality in mind is I think what this, what that book was, what he was talking about and what the book was showing is, you know, Hey, it doesn't do us any good to be optimistic and put on a false face on this or a false, you know, like sugarcoat it because the reality is the reality and we have to, we have to face it. And by being honest with ourselves about it, we can make better decisions that are going to serve us better. Right, that was kind of the the moral of the story, I think, at least from my perspective. So that that idea of uh, being being able to see it for what it is, and being able to make decisions based on what your real perspective is, is again, it's easier said than done, and it is. The way that, it, you know, how are people going to react afterward? There's going to be some people that probably never recover, you know, to, to lose everything. And it, it may just be too much. Hopefully that's not the case for anybody. Um, then there's going to be other people that lose it all and come out way ahead, right? People that just come out stronger. They're going to emerge as leaders in their community. They're going to be able to take what they've learned and grow and help people around them more than they ever could have had they not lost everything, right? So out of this horrible situation, undoubtedly, there are going to be good things that come. People are going to come together as communities, as neighbors, as family and friends, and there will be good things. It, and of course, again, it's easy for me to say that this, I'm halfway, you know, I'm fully across the continent, right? And so... But that's the whole thing. That's life, right? It's easy for someone else to look at, at at your situation or my situation and say, well, it's easy for them because, and I've done lots of episodes uh, referring to that phrase, right? It's easy for them because, and um, and so we each have these opportunities to learn and grow from the own our own challenges in our life. And people don't always see those challenges, right? They're challenges we have to deal with internally or within our family or within our group of friends or whatever. And how do we handle them? If we can take a, a good hard look at what's going on and take a step back, we can start to maybe gain some new perspective on opportunities for working with it or through it or around it or using it as a stepping stone to step up and level up into that next higher and better thing and be able to come out with that experience on the other end and say, hey, because of this, now I do things this way or now I appreciate this person more or I do 
you know, I stopped doing this other thing. And these changes are entirely up to us, right? Nobody can make that choice for us. We have the power to choose how we react to these situations and how that is going to impact our life in a positive or a not positive way. And that is the the power each of us has, the power to choose, right? Easier said than done. But again, if we are able to recognize it, that gives us more of an opportunity to change it consciously and improve it consciously and work with it to make it better and recognize it even in the moment as an opportunity to learn and grow and step as a, use as a stepping stone to level up. So that's it, friend, is the bringing awareness into the moment having the perspective to recognize this and recognize it as a challenge that maybe we have no control over, right? Uh, having the wisdom to recognize whether we have control or the ability to change it or not. And if not, having the ability to see that and work on the things that we can influence and have change over. So that's the idea for today. And I uh, hope you enjoyed that. And until next time, my friend, be flowing. Hey, thanks for listening, friend. By the way, do you like essential oils? Me too. Did you know you can go to findyourflow.com forward slash shop and pick up some essential oils? Yeah, get them while they're going. And until next time, friend, be flowing.